0: I, V M
1: Hi, I'm Satyajit Hi, I'm Racheta. Welcome to Paperback by The Open Library Project.
0: Today, we have a very, very special episode for all our listeners. In the first half of the episode, Satyajit and I will discuss the power of asking, followed by our super inspiring interaction with Yuval Noah Harari and some of the 21 lessons for the 21st century, discussed by him at length at a media event in Mumbai.
1: In the second half, we also discuss Brave New World by Aldous Huxley and other books that he recommended to our listeners, followed by a short clip by Professor Harari as to why he recommends these books. Let's listen in.
0: I'd like to start this episode by discussing the power of asking. In many of our previous episodes, we discussed the fear of failure, which often leads people to play to not to lose rather than play to win. By this we mean we often shy away from asking for what we want or simply trying something new because we fear that we will fail. Just recently, we received an email from Penguin India that Professor Yuval Noah Harari will be delivering a lecture in Mumbai on 16th December and of course, we were delighted to go. Ordinarily, I would have applied for the event, left it at that and felt ecstatic that we would be getting the opportunity to hear this thought leader. But instead, we wrote to his team requesting Professor Harari to come on our podcast during his stay in Mumbai. Although Professor Harari couldn't come on the podcast due to time constraints, he did oblige us with his five non-fiction book recommendations and the chance to attend the prestigious media event and interact with him personally. Sometimes all it takes is for us to ask. Put your dreams, wishes and hopes out there in the universe and you will be surprised at how much you will be offered in return. Like Professor Harari rightly says, it's all about asking the right questions. With this thought, Satyajit and I will be happy to share his lessons and recommendations on today's podcast. Thank you, Racheta. We'll be right back after this.
1: Welcome to Paperback by The Open Library Project. I am your co-host Satyajit, otherwise known as Onion Knight in most food circles. I am hosting this podcast with my partner, Rachita Sharma.
0: Hi guys, my name is Racheta and I'm an ex-banker who gave up my banking profession to follow my passion and run libraries across the world. The Open Library Project is a non-fiction book library service offered to businesses on a subscription basis. We are trying to move away from the run-of-the-mill library concept and setting up rotational and locational Curated libraries at co-working spaces, corporates and business incubators. The idea here is to create value, build a knowledge community and encourage a growth mindset amongst our members.
1: Today on the show we'll be discussing 21 lessons for the 21st century by Yuval Noah Harare, whose lecture we had the privilege to attend in December. Yuval Noah Harare is an Israeli historian specializing in macro-historical processes and the history of war. He is a professor of history at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem and author of three bestsellers. Harari's first three books were published in relative obscurity, though received acclaim among war historians. Influenced by Jared Diamond's Guns, Germs and Steel and published in 2014, Harari's fourth book, Sapiens, a sketch of the history of humankind, made him an international intellectual superstar. Homo Deus was written as a sequel to Sapiens and 21 lessons for the 21st century revisits some of the ideas analyzed in these two books. So let's dive in.
0: I'm sure all our listeners who've read Sapiens and Homo Deus would know that, um, you know, if you've loved those books, there's no reason not to love 21 Lessons from the 21st Century. The good thing about Professor Harari is that he gives a very fresh perspective to the already existing, uh, you know, ideologies and uh, the history of humanity. And he gives a bigger picture on uh, how technology is going to be affecting our lives. The book is uh, divided into five chapters, which cover the technological, the political and also you know spiritual changes that we go through in this century.
1: So although we'll be discussing only uh, 21 lessons for the 21st century, we had a couple of our guests on earlier episodes discuss the other books as well. Dikshat Bivedi was the author of Letters to Gargle. She discussed Sapiens, which again was one of my favorite and personal favorite books. It gave me a completely different perspective on how to look at things. And similarly with Homo Deus, when I read that book, it again reinforced that, you know, there is... There is always a different way to look at the same data to make your own newer interpretations. If, it's, if the data is put in the right, correct context, you're able to really draw more conclusions from that same data.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, like the first point which uh he discusses, Satya, is the technological challenge, right? Right. Which is where uh, he's talking that big data is watching you and you know, we all are aware now with the various um you know, technology that's available, Facebook, Instagram and the likes. It's uh very difficult to keep your data secure and also since we are being technologically driven, there is also the fear that one day technology would be, you know, um, controlling us and or rather the people who control technology would be controlling the future. Right.
1: So yeah. I think uh, during the interaction at the media event as well, someone did bring up the point of technology and how it's going to drive humans. Yeah. And Professor Harari was quite uh, He, in fact, made an astute observation, at least was astute to me at that point, which was that, uh, you know, uh, intelligence in the form that we understand it currently, it leads us, the people who chase just intelligence, land up uh, reducing the amount of empathy that they have in their lives. So technology definitely supplements a lot of the intellectual pursuit of uh, a human but uh, in some ways it takes away from the empathetic pursuit which is uh, something that we all need to recognize in this 21st century I think that's one of the challenges that he talks about when he talks about uh, in fact
0: uh, he extends to that by talking about how um, you know work is going to be wiped away like humans are not going to have any work for themselves in the centuries to come so uh, That's one of the factors which we should be. That's what he says, that we should be asking these questions and realizing that, you know, what is the power of this technology and how it's going to drive us in the future. Another point he talks about is the political challenge, which is basically how, you know, we have had various civilizations Going uh, And, you know, uh, there are so many countries with so many diverse cultures, but still there are points. Like if you remember when he mentioned that, you know, for sports, Mm -hmm. people from various countries, they all come together. You know, if it's a cricket match, there are various countries playing, but they're still following certain rules and norms and trade for example is one of those you know factors which keeps countries bound together so we can mutually coexist and i think that's what he's trying to propagate definitely in this point so the next
1: thing that he mentions in in the book 21 lessons is uh, despair and hope so what about uh, despair and hope did he talk about at the event
0: So he was basically talking about, in fact, there was a person at the event. This is really interesting for everybody listening. He asked him if he'd like to be, we all know, Yuval Noah Harari is a thought leader. But they asked him if he would like to be a guru. And um, it's very interesting how he said that he does not wish to be a guru. And the reason for that is because he feels the minute, you know, somebody follows a guru, they stop thinking for themselves. And the minute you stop thinking for yourself... You're always going to blindly follow someone, whether it's right or wrong. Right. So he, uh, you know, promotes the fact that you should ask questions and you should uh, probably, you know, discuss, put it on your political agenda and discuss these questions, but not follow someone blindly as a guru which is not his aim. And that sounds uh, it's, yeah, it's very profound. And sounds very profound. Yeah,
1: yeah very profound. Also, he also said for himself, I remember that, you know, the minute I start thinking of myself as a guru, that's one of the biggest dangers because then I'll start believing what I say is true without yeah. even having proof for it, just from all the yes men around or just from my own belief. So I found that really profound and so humble in a person who is, he's captured the attention of the world over the last four, five years. Right? Yeah.
0: And it's so, all about a perspective with you know driven by facts but still just his point of view on it
1: i think being an historian uh, his his hold on facts and how the facts have affected our lives over the last few centuries is really so clear and comes out in the books itself
0: absolutely so yeah you were mentioning truth in the
1: right so yeah. the uh, one of the uh, one of the points that he makes is about truth in 21 lessons it's one of the sections in the book and like you said earlier that uh, you know there are teams all over the world that follow the same rules. Yeah. And uh, so that's what he was actually trying to say in one of the points that he made was that, uh, you know, we all need to agree on a certain singular truth and agree on that these are the rules of that truth. And that's what will unite the world in... In the future. It's not that we don't agree right now. We do in terms of sport. We do in terms of a lot of in trade, like you mentioned. But uh, still, when it comes to political alliances and the whole, you know, global order, Mm. if you might say, then we are still lacking. But it's not unheard of for it to happen. And he was all he was very full of hope saying that, you know, uh, this is something that could be tackled maybe in the next coming centuries.
0: Yeah, if we're asking... The right questions. Uh,
1: that's right. That's yeah.
0: right. So the final, you know, the book ends with resilience. It mm-hmm. talks about uh, meditation, and um, from the media event also, I remember that he spoke about meditation very fondly. He's a spiritual person, I would say, and uh, he said that you know meditation gives him a lot of peace. And it sort of uh, collects his thoughts together. And uh, everybody should be propagating, uh, you know, meditation and being calm or collected. Right. And uh, also about education, like, you know, how we should basically work towards self discovery and critically analyze ourselves rather than trying to learn more facts and figures and data. It's more about critical analysis at every point in your life. It's about
1: how to think more than, you know, like, so one of the takeaways from the book is that education needs to not burden us with more information, but it needs to guide us through the information already available so that we can use it in the best way possible.
0: Yeah, I think that's something that
1: I think uh, coincides with the ethos of the library where we are able to curate and provide learnings in terms of the areas that you have interest in.
0: Absolutely, it's basically, you know, he urges schools to teach children how to critically analyze themselves and, you know, ask the right questions about climate and global change I think and all the, of those things. Skills
1: very necessary to navigate yeah. the future that we're going to be going through.
0: Yeah, it's a great book and. We had the opportunity to get it signed and we
1: had the opportunity to even interact with such a great thought leader of our times and we felt blessed just to be in that same room and we were on the front row, so very close by to Professor Rari.
0: So I really hope this information helps you all and you all do read 21 lessons for the 21st century.
1: On that note, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back after this. Welcome back. We are still discussing Professor Harare's book, 20 Fun Lessons for the 21st Century, and the media event that we had the privilege to attend. And here's a clip saying why he would recommend the books that he did.
0: You know, there are so many books out there in the world, and especially if you talk about science books.
1: So every science book can teach you something. But most books, they, they add just a small, a few more facts to the pile of facts that we that you know. Uh, what I find is really the most interesting books are the books that take the pile of facts and rearrange it in a new way and enable you to see the world differently and to ask new questions that you didn't even ask before. So this is usually my, my basis for recommending whatever book
0: your books really do give a very new, new perspective. perspective
1: first book we're going to talk about is brave new world by aldous huxley and rasheta you'll remember the day that we got the email back from uh, professor Harari's team how excited i got that this book was on his <laughs> recommendations because i read this book maybe 15 20 years ago yeah. and i have been not only recommending it but Gifting buying it, it for yes. people <laughs> for the last uh, yeah, 15 absolutely. 20 years so i was really excited so let's get into it brave yeah. new world uh the reason I like the book so much is that it completely changed my perspective on what a utopia or a dystopia may be. Hmm. So this were, this book is a science fiction book written by Aldous Huxley, one of, one of the prolific science fiction writers who really uh, put things in a different context. What this book really taught me was that the future that we are imagining for ourselves, Maybe 100, 200 years down the line is so different from the future that's going to come to exist because no one, maybe even 100, 200 years ago could Mm. have predicted the future that we stay in today. So that's what the book really does. It's a short story about a man in the future.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting that, you know. So I like how the book starts. We're talking about how we've, you know, science has been able to achieve cloning of identical embryos. And then, you know, they divide it into alpha, beta, gamma, delta and epsilon. epsilon so, yeah. which is much like the Hindu caste system. It's like a caste yeah, system. yeah. Where, yeah. you know, the highest would be the alpha who are the mo- prettiest looking and most intelligent people and then but also the genes
1: that make you feel bad have been edited out of your existence yeah, so like so if you're a beta you're happy to be a beta if you're a gamma you're happy to exactly. be a gamma and so a gamma been, is
0: made to be less intelligent the right. embryo and you know not to think as much m- but that gamma more.
1: himself would never know right that's yeah. that's what really got me thinking that is this what we're really striving to is this utopia is this dystopia because it just puts you in that it puts you in that weird position where you're like, oh, hey, wait a second. I don't know if this is the future that I want, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's what happened to me. That's why I've been and giving it to people because I just think that it changes your perspective on the way you think about the future.
0: Professor Harari says, right? He says that, you know, if we are going to alter everything, machines are going to control everything. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. that's that's the manic that we're going to create. Correct. So. Correct, correct. Yeah. That's a great book. And um, the next book he recommended was Enlightenment Now, which is by Steven Pinker. Right. And um, I think this is one of uh, Professor Haraji's favorite books because it's a lot in the line of, you know, evolution, humanity in the ways that he talks about in right. terms of global um, climatic change or, you know, if it's about political um, disruptions that are, you know, existing in our nations so what do you think about this book you know why do you think anybody should be reading this book for me i think the reason that someone should read this book is because it gives a very different perspective to ai and it says that you know a lot of our thoughts are conditioned so people are conditioned to believe that you know this is how things are going and this is always how they should be right but um, it's probably not that and um yeah, it gives you a very fresh perspective on uh, the various issues that we're dealing with today. And
1: maybe a new way to ask questions about the various issues that we're yeah. dealing with today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The next book we're moving on to is Guns, Germs and Steel. So this was the book that actually inspired, inspired Professor Harare yes. to write Sapiens, which uh, I think is still at the top of the bestseller list uh, across the world. Right. So this book also talks about uh, history in a similar way, presenting facts and giving a different perspective to the same facts.
0: Yeah. In fact, it uh, talks about 13,000 years of history, which they've sort of gone through to, you know, draw this conclusion that it's not the intelligence that makes a country superior to another. But it's actually how you're geographically located or, you know, the sort of how you use the steel and ammunition for your immunity and how you use your resources around you. So a lot of your, you know, placement geographically is the reason why certain countries are superior and certain are still developing. Right. Which is absolutely true if you look at it you know it reminds me about
1: uh, we had anirod kani on the podcast right, the other day right. from echoes of from the echoes of india podcast and he in fact mentioned a book uh against the grain which yeah. uh, talks about how so societies developed uh, Agriculture wasn't a development of. We were forced.
0: Yeah, to, yeah.
1: The kings actually forced the farmers to do agriculture, and that's how society is developed. So yeah. it's just a, it's such a fascinating perspective. I think even reading this book would give us a whole new view on the way we yeah. think.
0: I mean, if it inspired sap- sapiens, if it inspired yeah. sapiens <laughs> definitely
1: a must read. <laughs> yeah. The next book we're going to talk about is Chimpanzee Politics. This book actually compares the it compares the society of chimpanzees and you know, how they work together in yeah, it, unison and how we are also just an offshoot of this chimpanzee politics and we're still following through right
0: yeah they in fact it calls them political primates right. so it says that they are one of the few uh you know breed of animals right <laughs> who basically understand, are able to organize yeah they Understand the power of reconciliation. Right. So, they basically understand that, you know, a leader is not somebody who chooses to be a leader. It's the, the you know, a chimpan- who- yeah, group of chimpanzees or the people who are electing that leader.
1: They let him be the leader and, in and part. Yeah,
0: and then they reconcile with that fact and move on as a group. So... It's very interesting how you know they've connected that to
1: a fascinating uh, humanity. A f- fascinating uh, comparison between yeah, humans I mean, and apes. After all, we've
0: evolved from <laughs> we them, have evolved from. So we have evolved from them. We better yeah, be yeah. one, not <laughs> <a> higher. <laughs> yeah.
1: And the final book we're talking about that Professor Harari recommended is the Attention Motions.
0: Yeah, this book is really fascinating to me because he's basically spoken about something which is very very relevant to. Uh, what you call influencers marketing right so I think in it basically talks about how we have a very short uh, attention span nowadays because we have an information overload right and uh, the only people who really thrive in such an uh, atmosphere are attention merchants right people who can draw your attention to what they are saying and sort of drive you politically or socially by uh, using that attention to you know like mold your mind to what they believe or they perceive and it's yeah. like
1: something that one of my favorite speakers Gary Vaynerchuk always says is that hey I'm just here to trade your attention yeah. like just give it to me for five seconds and I'll give you something back in return yeah, so in
0: fact it speaks about Oprah and Kim Kardashian right. and exactly the kind of influencers who are there today so
1: sounds fascinating definitely a must read for today's times And with that, we are going to end this special episode of Paperback. A big thank you to all our listeners. You can follow The Open Library Project on LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook for latest updates on our events. And stay tuned for the next Paperback Podcast on IVM Podcasts. Happy reading. You can follow IVM Podcasts on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at IVM Podcasts.